Mystic Fix, a program for the whole being with Julia Gordon Bramer on News Talk STL. Welcome to Mystic Fix. I'm Julia Gordon Bramer, a poet and author and scholar of mysticism. I'm not going to lie. This next guest is going to be a little challenging for our radio program because of the thick Venezuelan accent. However, he is so great and his book has me floored and it's just too good to uh, not include here. I do want the listeners to check out the video on YouTube for the close captioning though, so that you'll really be able to understand. So we're talking today with Eloim Leifar, and he is a Venezuelan sorcerer and urban spiritual worker who descends from a lineage of curanderos and old-time brujos from Venezuela. Uh, let's meet him now and have some fun. Welcome, Eloim Leifar, who is a sorcerer. Hi. <laughs> Hi. You are a sorcerer? a dowser, and an urban spiritual worker. Let's start there. <laughs> wow. Okay, perfect. Um, so so what, what would a modern day sorcerer be? Uh, uh, would you consider that the same as a witch or what? I don't consider the same, but the thing with, with these names or, or tags is that every tag represents a whole cultural background, um, some kind of... Um, aging in the in the mysticism is some kind of um representation of something that you do in general uh so a sorcerer in italy is not the same thing as a sorcerer in venezuela or in mexico i use the word sorcerer because that's the word that we use when we translate the word hechicero uh from spanish um if i if we were in latin america people in the streets would call me an hechicero or a brujo uh but and, i know it's like an enchicero, is that what you're saying? Enchicero? Yeah, yeah. An enchicero okay. is a person who makes hechizos, and hechizos are spells and rituals. So okay. you are technically some kind of spellcaster. Uh, okay, spellcaster. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, but when you go, I learned that when you go to a house, you obey the rules. When you go to another country, you learn the language. And uh, it's, it's very important, like trying to keep everybody close and don't make feel people like you're trying to keep them away. It's, it's easier life when you try to keep to learn the language of other people and keep them closer. So when you say to people, I am a sorcerer or a witch, they have a certain understanding of what you actually do. Uh, the word witch is a very big umbrella term that we use right now. For many years, the word witch was attached to a certain kind of specific practice, like you need to be in a closer ritualistic practice with a coven, celebrating the Sabbath and the rituals and the solstice. Right now, a witch is like practically everybody who feels like can use magic to empower themselves and use different kinds of spells, rituals. You can be an eclectic solitary witch in your house, or you can be part of a very big coven. Uh, if you are a folk witch or a Wiccan witch, anyway, you are under the umbrella of a witch. Okay. Uh, like, like for more mo for many witches here in the United States, I'm not uh, like a witch. For many others, I am exactly a witch, but I don't go around saying that I am a brujo anyway. If you are a witch and you try okay. to Venezuela or Colombia, 
they will not call you a witch. They will call you a brujo because that's a the brujo. word that we use for you as a practitioner. Okay. Okay. And um, and so uh, you the reason we're we're speaking to you is because we're very excited about your new book, Dream Witchery which um, folk magic recipes and spells from South America for witches and brujas. So um, really exciting. This book comes out with Llewellyn Publications, December 8th of this year. And Elhoim, I'm sorry, Elhoim, <laughs> I'll get it. I am okay, um, no worries. You cover so much when I was reading, uh, you know, I, I didn't get to read the whole book, but just skimming through it, you've got more than 70 spells, you've got charms, you've got folk remedies and exercises to help us understand the world of dreams. So that's what really appeals to me specifically is all the dream work that you've got going on. I am really excited to jump into this. Um, you dream interpretation, spirit guides, lucid dreaming, mediumship, clairvoyance, sleep protection. Wow, <laughs> it goes on and on. Um, and uh, and this is all from your Venezuelan roots, is that correct? It's from South America because uh, the universe provided me with a chance to grow up in a family with not too many facilities. Uh, so we didn't have like the opportunity. I didn't have the chance to travel in airplane everywhere. I have the chance to travel in the most uncomfortable way, in bus everywhere. But that gave me the chance to learn from many towns, many places, many countries. Because every time that you are traveling in the road trip and you're staying for some days in a different town, you are learning a lot of the culture in there. And when you're born in a place like South America, which in folklore here in North America is like, oh, it's this magical place which actually is, uh, to have the chance to travel to many countries around because, you know, our people, or community, or culture is very different to North America. We are not like very, uh, you need a visa or a passport to come here. We, we usually just cross the frontier, like to put gas in the car, to just cross the frontier from Cartagena to Caracas because it's like cheaper in there. It's, it's something uh -huh. you literally pass from one country to another because it's part of folk culture. Um, the book, I try to represent a lot of South American folklore in there, because in every book that you do, I, it's like make this exercise to, if this were your last book and you will die tomorrow, what you want to teach? And for many years, I was doing books with a whole set of, oh, this is a book on money magic, oh, this is a book, a book on shambags. This time I was, I have many ideas. I have a lot of uh, manuscripts with me and I have this chance with leveling, which is like a dream of all my life. And when I have the meeting to talk about a book, and it was like, if this is just my one chance, I'm gonna risk everything. If it's a book that I want to make, it's this one, because I have this working in this book for eight years. And it's like, if I die tomorrow, I am okay. I did the book because I had a chance to put everything that I know in there, everything from my practice is not things that I learned from other books, it's things that I learned in there, traveling to Amazonas, uh, going to the river, sleeping under the stars in the mountain, doing the practice of, of ayahuasca, cacao, all of these things with my people in the tribes. I had the chance to learn their languages, I had the, the chance to learn directly from them, to learn about the bejuco, the ayahuasca, the remedies, the folklore, the serpents, the snake oil, how they do everything. So I try to put 
all of this together, and I find that all of these tribes have some, have two things in common in magic. The this like of sacredness, sacredness concept about water. It's like water is everything in life uh-huh. and everything related with dreams. All of these tribes, Arawaks, Guayus, Caribes, uh, all of them have all of these big concepts and folklore and stories about dreams, magic, about the dream world, dreamscape, the gods of the of the dream world. And I noted that all of these similarities goes together. And when you are present in the initiations and rituals, you notice how go, they go so deep in the dream world. When someone dies in certain times, like in the Arawas, they don't say this person died, they just say he has to go to sleep forever. So for them, the concept of the dream world is a concept related with the underworld. So I, I find all of this very interesting and try to put all of this together. And while more I stood about it, I find more and more similarities between all of these tribes, including the languages, the words that they use between one tribe and another to relate with dreams and this magic were very similar. Uh, so I find like if I can put all of this together in a book, in a very well-made book with a very good editor, with a very good team of people respecting the language and the culture of the book, this will be like the last book that I can make. Like, I mean, I can do other books, but this one will be my jewel forever. It's your dream. I put everything in there. It's, it's literally my dream because I put eight years of effort in this book. This book was rejected for many publishers who literally says no after reading just two, three pages. And Lewin says, yes, we're going to do it. We want to do your book. And they give me the chance, all the hope and all the waiting because I, I have patrons from different collaborators. I have authors from France, from England, from Manchester, from Peru, from Colombia, from Puerto Rico, from Cuba. I invite a lot of people. Like, I want you to write a spell for me in my book. I want you to write a recipe in my book. All of them say yes. I put all, of, all the recipes in the book. And we and having okay. like this very big salad. Like when, you, when you're reading the book, you are sitting down in a table in a very big banquet with yeah. all of these people there giving you part of their food and we are all sharing so all this of this is in the book a, at the same time. This is a collection of cultures, right? That's what you're telling me yes. basically. Yes. And and these are sort of dream yes. recipes. Is that how you're putting it? Is that my understanding? Yes. And, yes. and, and when you say... When you say dreams, you mean more than just going to sleep and dreaming, right? You're it's you're more, talking of all kinds. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from the, the tisanas and teeth and infusions that you can dream to go to sleep and have a very nice relaxing resting dream and the sleep to dreams that you can use like, uh, you know, in, we have films or TV shows where people go inside of the, of the dreams of other people. But all of this is taken from different cultures, from different stories, from different folklore, and we have that. So let me put that in the book and let me show you what is my perspective on this. Uh, because we have like authors who travel many times to Amazonas and they just observe from very outside the things that we do. They write it down, they put in a book, but they lack in the practice or the perception to be there for a longer time to understand like a little deeper the practice so I try to show to people like, why we do that? I mean, we have this kind of folklore about if you have this item from another person and you put under your pillow, you can go inside of the dreams of that person in the night. And basically from outside, it looks like, oh, it's just to go inside of the dream. But it's not like a witch just 
create and perform this spell just for fun. This was a spell uh -huh. that people use uh, to escape from the colonizers in a very difficult time. And they create these spells to uh, distract the colonizers, creating nightmares. So it's a whole background oh, in there. So I so try to put all of this together in the book. I, I want to understand this right. So you're saying if I want to like share a dream with you, you know, I'll just say you, like you can give me an object and that will, yeah. that I can sleep with and we can connect that yeah. way in the dream state. How fascinating. Okay. Yeah, if two minds are like very well synchronized in the same uh -huh. frequency, they, they are able to have this kind of telepathy in the dream world, but you need to be literally in the same frequency. You need to be equally re relaxed. You need to have sim similar emotions and similar interests. So okay, you, you this sounds fun. <laughs> yes, and it's a practice that many people do in my country. It's like something that we do very common. So I try mm -hmm. to put all of that in the book with the explanation why we do it. Okay, you're making me think of so many things now. I mean, the the first thing, and I was just talking to someone about this recently. Um, the story of the Garden of Eden in the Bible, it begins with Adam and Eve going to sleep, but nowhere in the Bible does it say they woke up. And I've always <laughs> loved that because the idea that it's all a dream, that we're still in the dream, <laughs> you know? Um, yes. Yeah. And, and, and at a certain point when they are expelled, uh -huh. it's when God says, open your eyes, now you're going to see each other. So all your life to now has been some kind of dream in a paradise. Right, right. The other thing that I'm thinking of, uh, when I was just talking to a, a client, I'm a professional tarot card reader. And just earlier today, um, I was talking to her about her psychic abilities. And mine first started when I was about 16. And I write this in the preface of my book that's about to come out. But um, uh, I was driving down the road with my little sister, and I had what I would call a waking dream, a daydream of this crow with a broken wing. And about five minutes later, I saw exactly what I had thought. And I just remember thinking, why, you know, why did I think of, about that? And, and, then it, and then it revealed itself to me, it, it was reality. And so I think we all have different ways of dreaming, you know, whether we wanna call it waking dreams or, or even ayahuasca trips or, or just going to sleep. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do dreaming. There's meditative dreams. There's, uh, you talk in your book about lucid yeah. dreams. Lucid dreams, of course, are more consciously controlled dreams, right? Yeah. The, the, thing, the thing about the dream world is that uh, we need to remember that our body, this physical body, this is a, a vehicle, a very temporary vehicle that we have. We are extensions of the universe. We are extensions of energy, right? We are like, these very big creatures made of energy and conscience, and we evolve, we grow up, we transform, we can't have another life, we can reincarnate. I mean, we have so many things to do because we are energy beings. We are content in this small physical temporary body. And when this body just turns off, this essence continues going around. Right. And the essence of magic is that give us a chance to experiment and like try to extend beyond the skin, trying to go a little bit away. And dreams are a way to do it that is easier for us because when you go to sleep, your body is like totally resting, your brain is having a lot of operations in that moment, it's doing a lot of work. 
but your mind, your consciousness is like trying to rest. So you can do other works. During those works, you can use your dreams, your uh, conscience, your mindset, just to go around, just to move outside. Many times, like we have these dreams where we see different places that we don't recognize. We meet with people that we don't know who they are. And we wake up in the morning like, you know, I have this dream with this person that I don't recognize. That happens very often. Many people come, because I I talked with a lot of people about this topic recently. And many people come to me saying, oh, I have that same sensation too. You know, I wake up in the morning sometimes and just have a dream last night with a person that I never see before. And that is something that many people has. It's because you are meeting these people in other experiences, in other worlds, in other dreams, in other dream worlds. You are literally going around while you are sleeping, but when you wake up in the morning, your brain needs to process all that information right. and at the same time order to your body wake up. So it's a lot of information and you lost a lot of that. So mm -hmm. what we do in this magic is like try to redirect this energy in a way like create a map and say to your soul or to your conscience, well, while you are sleeping, try to go in this direction because your body is like totally resting in that moment. Okay. Elnoim, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back after these messages to rejoin Eloim Lea Farr and talk more about his book, Dream Witchery on Mystic Fix. You're listening to Mystic Fix with Julia Gordon Bramer on News Talk STL. And we are back with Eloim Leafar, who is the author of Dream Witchery, Folk Magic Recipes and Spells from South America for Witches and Brujas. Uh, very exciting. This book will be out December 8th. I pulled your table of contents out here and wanted to talk about some of these fascinating chapters. <laughs> <laughs> because okay. just just the contents are are wonderful reading. Um, so let's first start with chapter two, the biggest realm. What what is the biggest realm? Is is that the dream world? Exactly, it's something like that that I really couldn't like define in words. So I try to uh, put this example like like some kind of bridge or some kind of hallway between places, because in the indigenous, uh, in the Western perspective, the dream world is a thing separated from the underworld. These are totally different things. Uh, in the indigenous perspective, in a general way of speaking, what is more acceptable is that the dream world is some kind of connection between these worlds. And when you go to the dream world, you are able to access to other worlds, to the astral world, or to the underworld, for example. So the dream world is like this kind of bridge that literally border all the other universes inside. And okay. it's, so, it's some kind of place where you can go. Also in the indigenous communities, the dream world was at the same time the, the water world. So they have like this perception that every time that a woman have a baby, uh, you know, a lot of fluids are, are going out of your body is a lot of blood, it's a lot of water, it's a lot of fluids going in there when the baby is born. And so for the indigenous communities, this was like the woman was some kind of portal to the other world. And those nine or eight months with the, with the woman carrying the baby, 
she was in some way creating a portal inside of her because she's like a mountain. Uh, she will bring a baby from her cave. And when the baby is coming, surround the wheel of this water and blood is because it's coming from the water world, from the rivers, from the ocean, from the sea. And he was yeah. a total gift from the gods, from the deities. So they see the water world, like a whole connection to the dream world and to the underworld and they say, at the same time. One of the things that we have indifference with the Western perspective is that for Western magicians or the Western perspective in general, the water, the sea, is like this big thing that separates a continent from another. Like, you know, the, the sea separates us. But for the indigenous communities, actually, the sea was the bridge, was the connection between worlds because oh, the sea lets you travel to other places physically yeah. and also spiritually. Because when you go to the river, in that moment, you are, in the moment that you go to a river and you put your feet inside of the water, in the indigenous magical metaphysical perspective, you are putting your feet literally in the spiritual world and you are walking with your ancestors in that moment when you are inside of the river. And when you take a shower in the river. Right? Yeah. You're connected to everyone else with their feet in the sea or maybe exactly. who has ever done it. That is so beautiful. Exactly. And and the Western point of view, we see it as an obstacle. <laughs> when it's, yeah. Yeah. How interesting. It's like, oh, this is separating from another continent. And for us, it's like, no, it's not separating us. It's literally a tool that lets you travel from one continent to another because yeah. you can use the water to travel and you can use the water to connect with others. Yes. So you talk, uh, El, about uh, dream interpretation. And, can you know, I've been doing that for many, many years. And the way I learned it was just that everything represented a part of us. And so, you know, if I were writing out a dream that for me, it helps to journal it and I would write all the details. And so I would say, you know, the Julia part of me was talking to the Eloim part of me. And, and, and I would, I would kind of have that phrase part of me to help me process it and help me to understand it. And more often than not, it makes a real kind of sense um, do you do something similar or are you, do you have another technique? It's similar. Uh, the thing about the, the dream interpretation in my book in particular is that I, I am very um, open about it in, in the book. Like it's so many ways to make an interpretation of a dream. And all of them in some way looks like right because every form, of, I, I can find a form of dream interpretation that I say that it's wrong. And I have studied a lot. And I could find any any form that I say, no, that is wrong. All the forms that I find in some way have some kind of sense for me. So I think that I put in the book was, this is what means dream, dream interpretation. Uh, journaling, like actually you do, is like the best tool that you can use. <clears throat> yeah. Because your dream is yours. Standing for that. It's totally yours. So when you go to someone else to make an interpretation of your dream, it's very difficult because that person really don't know too much about your background, your life, your feelings, your traumas. There's a lot of things happening in your head that are manifesting right. in the dream. So journaling is very helpful because when you're journaling, you are literally writing down all the whole idea, how this idea makes you feel. And what I put in the book in that chapter, I think, or in the next one, is this ritual that the indigenous tribes does. Uh, I think that is the Caribes. They have this ritual when the younger uh, man to 
uh, who is being trained to be the shaman. He goes directly with the Apache, who is like the shaman leader of the tribe. They sit down and he needs to tell to the Apache, to the leader, uh, all his recent dreams one by one. So the Apache will make an interpretation of these dreams and see from there if this person is prepared or not to take the next step in the shamanic oh. journey work. The dreams all of reveal that is based on the if dreams. they're prepared. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but the tricky part in there is that the Apache, the leader, when you are telling him the dream, he's more interested in seeing your reaction and your feeling about the dream about sharing. He's not really like paying attention to the details that you are saying to him. He's more paying attention to your energy. How are you feeling when you say, you know, I dream this and I think that this represents this and this come, come from this fear that I have. He, he is interpreting all of this like a therapist. And yeah. based on that, he will say, you are prepared or not for the next step. And all of these like sacredness, secret rituals that they do after that depend entirely of the interpretation of the dream that you are doing to yourself in front of him. Mm -hmm. So I put that in the book, like it's not grown ways, but this is a way how we do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, dreams are so revealing. And, and as, as you're talking, I, I think one of the, most uh, influential, <laughs> influential, uh, important dreams for me personally, when I was married to my first husband, I had this very revealing dream where I was in the backyard with our dog. And we had a very kind of rambunctious, playful dog that didn't always listen to rules. And in my dream, my husband was standing with his arms crossed and pointing, and he was insisting that I beat down this dog with a baseball bat. And I was sobbing, but I was doing it. I was just killing my dog. And the backyard fence was closing in smaller and smaller. And I woke up what? just, I felt ashamed and I felt sad. And then I realized that dog was the playful part of me. And my yeah. husband was insisting I close that down and I kill that. And that was when I knew I had to get out of that marriage, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that's, you know, how, how dreams can teach us. And it was something exactly. at that time I wasn't willing to look at until I had that dream. Yes, because it's, it's, our, it's some kind of reaction or teamwork between your conscience and at the same time your brain trying to say something to you, but they, then, they can just manifest and say to you in words, because you will say, no, this is just a dream. They need to try to find symbols, colors, experience to put in there and make you work on how interpreted this. The, your, your conscience is saying, is something wrong happening here? Is something wrong and we need to advise you to, to we need to give you a warning about this. So your brain take this sign and, and say, okay, let me work on this very fast because you really need to work on this. So your brain try to catch everything around colors, symbols, figures, conversations, experience, and try to put all of this together in the most representative way. So when you go to sleep, you have all of this scenario, all of this feel happening in your mind saying, hey, this is happening. And then when you wake up and you see all of this representation, like, oh, you know, the, the dog is playful and I couldn't let him play because, you know, it's a dog. I shouldn't 
let him, and this is already like, no, this is a whole reflection of yourself. It's not a dog, it's yourself. You are literally right. ready to do that a step to turn yourself in a better person. You say, no, I want to continue being the happy, joyful, healthy person. And you accept it, and it's your brain and your spirit saying like, yeah, we did the job. Yeah, yeah. And and so you believe that we can get, uh, you, you have a chapter on dream protection. Do you believe that like evil energies can can come into our dreams or what is that about? I believe it. And I make that chapter because uh, my mom, who is a whole time, full time bruja, she's working for clients, making expert casting all her life. Uh, most of the time she's working in the night. It's like the hour, the hour of the witch. It's a witching hour, which is like to work in the night. You know, you are hiding in the darkness, in the shadows. You can do your work in a more playful way without so much uh, sound, noise, people calling you, uh, for phone. It's the hour of resting. So uh, uh, also you work with the moon, with the different uh, moon faces, which is very powerful for you being a witch. I noted how many people work in the night. Like if you go to close to a cemetery, this is not part of my practice, but I see many people go to a cemetery to make magical works in the night and throw stuff inside of the cemetery or put things in the door. It's some kind of rituals in folk Catholic magical traditions that if you feel coarse, you take an object of you, you course the object, you put your course in the object and you throw the object uh, in front of a church in the night, it needs to be in the night. It's so much magic happening that I think that we need to be protected. The thing is, we are unconscious because we are sleeping. So I formulate all of these spells that I have, um, and I just adapt them to um, night way. Like you can put this in your bedroom, you can put this in your bed, you can put this element next to your bed, because that is something that I have in all my books. In all my books, I always put a lot of things in, in, in my bed or under my pillow because it's part of my multiple practices because when you put something under your bed, it's something literally protecting you from there while you're sleeping. And when you put something under your pillow, that's something that you put in there will influence your mind while you are sleeping. So I formulate a lot of spells and charms that you can use in the night, like uh, charms that you can hang from your window or different amulets that you can put in your door or next to your bed to, your bed to protect yourself. For example, in Venezuela, and they have this ritual that I think actually they take it from Peru, but nobody wants to admit it, but I'm sure it's from Peru. Uh, when a woman is pregnant, they need to take a purple uh, big thread, totally purple, and they need to bite the woman with the thread seven times with this very big thing, and then they take the thread and put it in the bed uh, during the nine months, so the woman will be protected for that purple thread under the pillow for nine months in that way, you protect the baby against uh, uh, evil eye. So the baby will be totally protected from the bed. The whole ritual, the whole magic is happening in the bed. You just let it, let it in there. And every time that the woman goes back to the bed in the night or in any hour of the day to take a nap and she's sleeping in her bed, she's just recharging and connecting again with the thread, with the amulet, uh, uh -huh. changing energy. And when she wakes up in the morning, she continues being protected from this amulet that she has in there. So I try to apply the same mindset to all the spells. Like, if you feel like you are coarse, if you feel that someone throw evil eye of you, some kind of coarse or hexing, the best thing that you can do is 
protect yourself during the night while the other witches are cursing you or hexing you. You just put this and you can go to sleep totally quiet, no worries about anything because your energy is working while you are sleeping. Fascinating. So, um, Eloy, my, I wish we had time to talk about everything here. You've got chapters on journaling and altars and moon phases and dream pillows and dream herbs and plants and incense, resins and oils and gems and crystals and <laughs> so like, much. Like I say, um, I try to put everything in there. Yeah, yeah. It's an incredible book. And I'm so excited to hold it in my hands on December 8th when it comes out with Llewellyn. And until then, I thank you for your time. It has been lovely meeting you. you. And uh, and we will uh, reach out to you again sometime. Yes, please. And thank you for opening this space for me and for other people out there using this space to share so much information. Oh, you, I you really bet. appreciate you. And, and I will put your contact information up. But for those on the radio, your website is... Um, I'm going to spell out Elohim. It's E-L-H-O-I-M, as in Mary, L-E-A-F, as in Frank, A-R.com, Elohimleafar.com. Exactly. And uh, and I will have contact information on our website for you. And, uh, and we just can't wait to see your book. So thank you once again, and we'll be in touch. Thank you. Take yes, care. same. Have a good night and good, a good time. Thank you. That was our Venezuelan bruja and author and sorcerer, Eloim Leafar. Stay with us uh, in our next segment. It's Tarot Time. This is Mystic Fix with Julia Gordon Bramer on News Talk STL. And we're back with Mystic Fix. Let's do some tarot card readings. Our spiritual journey tonight will begin. Can't outrun your fate. Let me tell you about you. I know who you are, what you are, and why you have come. Take a good look at these cards, young man. They contain all the secrets of the universe. What does it say? Hi, Danny. This is Julia at Mystic Fix. Do you have a question for me? Um, you mean like a question that we can um ask you? Uh-huh. Yep. To look at in the tarot yep. cards. Okay. Um my current situation. Okay. Regarding do you, is it like I mean just in general, your life in general or or your love? Yeah, or my, Yeah, my current love, love situation, situation right now. Okay. What I'm dealing with. Okay. Do you want me to look at you and one person in general or love in general? Uh, one person. Okay. Can I get a first name of that person? Kenneth with the K. Okay. Not going to lie, it does not look good. So we start with the page of cups in reverse. Now, sometimes this is child energy, and I don't know if you have children with Kenneth or if he has kids, but it seems like that is uh, the first concern, and, uh, and it's stressful. Um, now, the energy in the very near future, if it hasn't happened already, is the two of wands in reverse, which is a separation or a parting of ways. 
Um, Danny, you show to be the queen of swords, so you are being strong about this whole thing. You are taking action. Uh, you will not be treated badly as a queen. And, uh, and your, However, your energy, your top card, is the three of wands in reverse. Now, this is about a lack of opportunities. It may just be a lack of opportunities in saving this relationship. Um, it may be that you have tried everything with Kenneth, uh, but I'm not feeling like it's so great. Um, in the next six months, I have the Knight of Cups in reverse, which feels like rejection. And immediately following that, we have the Ten of Swords, which feels like the death of the relationship. So this is a somewhat painful ending. And, um, and it's interesting because your final card is the Ace of Cups in reverse, which is just saying you're holding in a lot of feelings about it. I do believe that you need to communicate with Kenneth. You need to tell him everything you're feeling, whether or not he wants to hear it. Uh, it doesn't look to me like you really uh, have a whole lot of companionship with him, you know, and uh, and you just look like, you know, sort of a, a strong, forceful woman, but he's he's an upside down knight to your queen. So he is not on the same path. Um, you're not feeling loved. And uh, and I say end it before you're hurt even more. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you. Good talking to you. All right. Thank you. Bye. 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 Julia. Hello, Dana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. What's your question for me today? Awesome. My question is what I want to know um, validation for what's happening right now and how to sort of navigate what's going on. Okay, okay. So just kind of see what I see then. Okay, yes, yeah. exactly. All see right. what you see. Okay, I'm tuning in to you. And I'm using a deck called Mystic Mondays today, which is a very okay. beautiful, vibrant deck. And since I've read for you before, I think it's especially fitting for you because you're a beautiful, uh, vibrant person. <laughs> thank you. Thank so, you so much. So let's take a look at this. We have you beginning with the Three of Cups. And this is a card of celebrations and good times. And uh, there's usually in the traditional deck, it has three women and they're holding their chalices up. And it's like girlfriend energy and partying. And so I, I'm seeing you in, in that kind of space right now. Next, we have the devil in reverse, which is a much more difficult card. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, the devil in reverse represents addiction, depression, panic, anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, it's a tough yeah. card. And I feel like this is up for you to deal with this issue on some way. It, it could be yours. It could be someone close to you. But, um, yeah. but I see you very conscious of that. So... Yeah. We have you moving into the next three months in the Nine of Pentacles in reverse. Uh, when I say in reverse, I'm, I mean the card is upside down as it faces me. Mm -hmm. And this is a card of saying that you're sort of scaling back, um, stripping mm -hmm. down a little bit, simplifying your life, you know? Uh, you don't want, mm -hmm. it, it may be getting rid of actual physical clutter. It may be getting rid yeah. of people who aren't good for you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 
awesome. But it's a simplification. Now, your top card, Dana, is the hanged man, or in this deck, it's called the hanged woman, in reverse. Mm -hmm. And this is a card of saying that this is not the year to make the big decisions. Uh, We want... Mm -hmm. We want to kind of just hold off. And when I say this year, I'm talking about not just 2023, but go to this time next year. So we want, okay. to, we want to kind of just kind of gather your information. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the hanged man is in a kind of a limbo and, uh, yeah. and, and not moving really fast. But it is not considered right. <laughs> a bad card. So uh-huh. in the next six months... You do have the Queen of Cups in reverse. So she is our lover queen. <laughs> and when she's in reverse, you feel like the love life is uh, less than optimal, you know, not not really um, for everything that you do have working for you. It looks like love is a little bit on hold. Now, that's not to say it's bad, but uh, but it just seems like something's a little bit wrong. So as you're going forward into the year, the five of cups in reverse. This is actually a good card because it says you're uh, you're looking on the brighter side. You're not getting sucked into sort of bad energy. You're avoiding mm-hmm. negativity. Uh, so I consider it pretty positive. Um, okay. Your last card is interesting, Dana, because the queen of pentacles is in reverse as your last card. So this is saying that you're in a kind of a questioning about your work or your career in some way. There's just yeah. uh, just uh, I don't know that uh, that this is it that I want to do this uh, forever, uh-huh. and um, right. yeah, so that's what I'm seeing for you. Oh, that was, that's fantastic! Good, thank you. Did that give so you the validation much. you needed? It does. Oh, um, excellent. The love life is in question, but <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. but there's some follow up just from you know since I just read with you. Um, in June. So I feel like that is carrying over. Wonderful. Um, but it's, it's all great, great, great. Awesome. So I appreciate it. Mystic Fix would not be possible without Comma Flight. What is Comma Flight? You really have to see it to understand. It is a practice with three layers to it. There's the foundational practice where both partners engage in core-like exercise like yoga and dance, acquiring knowledge of the movements. The second layer is energy flow. Uh, The masculine foundation provides the strength and cultivates trust. And the feminine energy learns to let go and surrender, feeling safe and supported. In the third level of Kama Flight, there's heightened pleasure and playfulness, unique twists and fun. Do you want to see it for yourself? Please visit Kama Flight on Instagram. That's K-A-M-A-F-L-I-G-H-T. They're getting ready for another workshop retreat at the Chosen Retreat Center in Sebastian, Florida. Check it out once again, K-A-M-A-F-L-I-G-H-T. If you like what I do, And if you'd like to learn more about how to read tarot cards and what it's like to be a professional tarot card reader, and if you want to get some of the juicy stories that I've encountered in uh, this interesting life of mine, you're going to want to check out my forthcoming book, Tarot Life Lessons. It's all the stories from my journals of what it's like to be a tarot card reader. My publisher is Destiny Books. It will be released November 7th, 2023. 
but you can pre-order it now on amazon.com. Before we go, I'd just like you to mark your calendars for November 4th at the Lohmeyer After Dark event. I am going to be there set up in my tarot tent and I am going to be doing some bargain readings and talking about my book, Tarot Life Lessons, coming up and uh, giving out some flyers and that sort of thing. So I would love to meet you in person. Also, November 18th through 19th, I will be doing um, the Psychic Fair at the Machinist Hall in Bridgeton again. Really fun location, super cool people, uh, usually a great turnout. So uh, I, again, I would love to see you there if you'd like to meet me in person. And by then, my books will be for sale. So I'll have some books available at my table too. Thanks to our guest, Eloim Leafar. If you'd like to win a free copy of his book, Dream Witchery, please visit mysticfix.com and uh, put your name in the hat and uh, maybe you'll be the lucky one. Until next week. <laughs>